welcome to day 362 and the final day of this season of Shaped by the Word. We're in the final chapter of the final book of the Bible, and uh, our story ends, you know, very much where the story of the Bible uh, begins. It uh, ends uh, in, a, in a garden, and you'll see many of the features, you know, in Revelation chapter 22 that you see initially in the Garden of Eden, but they're they're deeply enhanced. Uh, the picture is you know, much greater, you know, than the, the initial experience, you know, that Adam and Eve were able to have with God. And, of course, that's an experience that we've been ushered into, that God is present with us in a way that um, we haven't been able to enjoy his presence because of our sin and from the time that we pushed him, you know, out of our lives. So we come to the final chapter, and it is a, a, a beautiful chapter. And, of course, after you've come through the tumult and the chaos of, in the book of Revelation, it is so good to get to the end and see what God has in store for those who love him. Uh, so I'm Paul Kemp here with David Keefe and Matt Kresge, and uh, we're going to read and discuss Revelation chapter 22. Before we do, Matt, why don't you um, offer this moment um, to the Lord in a word of prayer. Yeah. Father, we thank you uh, for this moment. We thank you for your faithfulness over the last year as we've uh, worked through the New Testament together. We thank you. Um, for the ways that you've you've matured us in Christ, the, the ways that you've uh, convicted us and comforted us and encouraged us, and Father, we uh, are deeply thankful for for this time together. We pray as we um, as we spend time in the last chapter of Revelation that Father, you would um, encourage our hearts. Uh, thank you for this time together. Give us wisdom as we read. Um, help us to see you and all of your beauty. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of the lamp or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light, and they will reign forever and ever. The angel said to me, These words are trustworthy and true. The Lord, the God who inspires the prophets, sent his angel to show his servants the things that must soon take place. Look, I am coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of this prophecy written in this scroll. I, John, am the one who heard and saw these things. And when I heard and had seen them, I fell down to worship at the feet of the angel who had been showing them to me. But he said to me, don't do that. I'm a fellow servant with you and your fellow prophets and with all who keep the word of the scroll. Worship God. And then he told me, do not seal up the words of the prophecy of the scroll because the time is near. Let one who does wrong continue to do wrong. Let the vile person continue to be vile. Let the one who does right continue to do right. And let the holy person continue to be holy. Look, I'm coming soon. My reward is with me, and I will give to each person according to what they have done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. Outside are the dogs, those who practice magic arts, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bride and morning star. The spirit and the bride say, Come. 
and let the one who hears say, Come. Let the one who is thirsty come, and let the one who wishes to take the gift of the water of life. I warn everyone who hears the words of this prophecy of the scroll, if anyone adds anything to them, God will add to that person the plagues described in this scroll. If anyone takes, away, <coughs> takes words away from this scroll of prophecy, God will take from that person any share in the tree of life and in the holy city, which are described in the scroll. He who testifies to these things says, Yes, I am coming soon. Amen. Come, Lord Jesus. The grace of the Lord Jesus be with God's people. Amen. <laughs> what a beautiful, what a beautiful end. Uh, we, uh, we wish we were already there. Uh, you know, we do find ourselves, especially in the way that we read the book of Revelation in the middle of the chaos, you know, that you see, you know, not only in the world around us, but uh, even beyond and the powers and the authorities, you know, of this dark world you know, taking place. And there is a lot of, you know, tumult and a lot of confusion. As Paul even said in Corinthians, we, you know, we see through a glass dimly, but there will be coming a time when we see face to face, and that is a description of this time. We will know fully, even as we're fully known. So God's going to straighten out all of our theology. Uh, we're no longer going to have any, you know, questions about uh, the timetable of the book of Revelation because it wouldn't even matter because it's already happened and, and we'll be ushered, you know, we'll be ushered into it. So what a wonderful invitation, the spirit and the bride. And, and of course, the bride in this instance is, is the church. We mm-hmm. together, you know, call out to those around us and say, come and let everyone who hears say, come. Let the one who is thirsty come and let the one who wishes to take the free gift of the water of life. What a beautiful image you know, of salvation, uh, the, the nourishing, refreshing presence of God offered to us beyond anything we deserve by grace from beginning to end. Yeah. Of course, what a wonderful way to end. Yeah. Yes, grace be with you. Let's pray. Yeah, I love, I mean, the images too that John picks up, you know, where you have this uh, you know, river of the water of life flowing from God's throne and the Lamb, you know, and, and extending throughout the city. And then you just, I can't help but think of the words of Jesus, even come and, and drink, you know, the free gift of water, where he says, you know, I am the living water. And he invites the Samaritan woman to drink freely from that gift. You think of Isaiah's words in Isaiah 55, where he says, come to me, all you who are thirsty, you know, and, um, and mm-hmm. buy water and milk and, you know, buy it with those who have no money yeah. at no cost. And here it is, the invitation that Isaiah saw, the invitation Jesus gives the Samaritan woman, you know, extended to us to, to come and to... Yeah, and it's so beautiful that, um, you know, obviously if, if there were a cost to it, no one could pay that cost. And the price has been paid, you know, in Christ Jesus that we might receive the wonderful gifts, you know, that, you know, God has in store for us. But it is uh, there for, you know, rich and poor alike. And you mentioned earlier just there's a lot of allusions back to Genesis. And obviously we see one huge one in verse 3, no longer will there be any curse which we saw in Genesis 3, and then in that same chapter, you know, where we're banished from the garden, and now we're invited to come back in to the garden, and then in that garden there is the tree of life that we were kept from is now right there among us as we're among Christ. And so I just love seeing some of those images. And obviously even, you know, from the moment of the curse, you know, chapter 3, Genesis chapter 3, 4 through 11, you begin to see the ugliness of the curse and even the, you know, the judgment of God, the wickedness of a man in Revelation is... You know, highlighted that and even the climax, you know, of a world that's in rebellion against God and God's ultimate, you know, judgment on that world, 
and uh, there is no longer any curse. Mm-hmm. I love, we've already seen this once before, but again, John hears the things that the angel says, and he falls down to worship the angel, and the angel says, worship God, you know, and you have to think at this point, John's probably not so much just wanting to worship the angel, but that this revelation that he is receiving is so great that no, he just needs, he falls down to worship, even the one who is proclaiming this. Yeah, the, 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 the angel himself would be overwhelming, much less, you know, the presence of God. Uh, you know, as, as well. Uh, you know, Paul said, I is not seen, nor ear heard, nor is it even entered into the heart of man what God has in store for those who love him. And of course, the grandeur is going uh, to be beyond anything we could at this moment receive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in that moment, as we're completely redeemed and in his presence and restored, uh, we will be able to see his, see his face. And of course, you know, he told Moses, my face you cannot see. Yeah. And uh, so we're uh, taken to the place of ultimate privilege where we live in the presence and the blessing of God mm-hmm. forever. Mm-hmm. And, and you have, you know, the tree of life here, uh, which is continually, uh, you know, producing fruit. You have you know, the image of it on both sides, you know, the singular tree, but on both sides yeah. of the river, you know, kind of, and, and conspicuous by its absence, you know, is the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And some see that as a representation, you know, that, that, that God has, you know, taken temptation from us. So we'll no longer be tempted, you know, to find, uh, you know, the knowledge of good and evil apart from, from God. Uh, but there, there, there's, there, there's no need because his gift to us is the full revelation of the light of the person of God in, in, in Jesus Christ. And you see one of the themes that John kind of started at the very start and Revelation 1-3, you know, blessed is the one who hears these words and takes them to heart. And then he, you know, again, reminds us of that in verse 7. Look, I'm coming soon. Blessed is the one who keeps the words of the prophecy written in the scroll. You know, so these are yep. words for our good. These are words that bring life and blessing. And I just love seeing that theme carried out from beginning to end in this in John's Revelation. Uh, yeah. And, and, of course, he does... Uh, you know, it, 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 it ends on such a high note, but there is a word of warning here. Anyone who, uh, you know, adds to the words of these prophecies, you know, this is the, the completion, you know, of prophecy. Anyone who adds to the words of these prophecies, all the plagues of this book will be added to them. So quickly read the book one yeah. more time before you get too fanciful in your interpretations, you yeah. know, of Revelation or you know, any other, you know, prophecy as well. And uh, at the same time, anyone who takes away, then... Uh, you 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 lose the privilege of participating fully. That God's uh, words are of such high value because they're a revelation of His heart and of His character, not just simply in word alone, mm-hmm. but they're a representation of who He is. Yeah, I love Jesus's heart for the church and all this. He begins pointing that out in verse sixteen. You know, I Jesus have sent my angel to give this testimony for the churches, you know, like that the church will prevail through all of the craziness that we've read and all the difficulty and the persecution. And here Jesus has given us these words for his church, for his people. You know, we can't, uh, we can't even begin to, you know, uh, process the persecution the first century church was going through either under Domitian or you know, Nero, depending on, you know, where you put this. Uh, but, uh, you know, the church it was experiencing uh, you know, being ostracized from the rest of society, sometimes not being able to buy and sell, sometimes being stripped of their property, uh, 
you know, in, in wealth that they had had. And so uh, the church is the dregs of society. And you see the reverse of that is God judges, you know, the kingdoms of this world and exalts his people to a place of mm-hmm. being in his presence. Well, and that reality makes verse four so, so much more real and so much um, so much better it says they will see his face and you mentioned that a minute ago and his name will be on their foreheads you know they will be the people of god there will be no more night there will be no need of light a lamp um the light of lamp or a light of the sun for the lord their god will give them light and they will reign you know forever and ever just that realization that in light of everything in this this moment you know, there is coming a day where we will we will again you get so many so many eden images where we will again be with our god see him face to face worship him enjoy him and and see him in all of his glory i mean this this magnificent image that we're seeing is a reality that we will enter into and also our created purpose to uh, reign with god as his co-regents over the wonders of his hand Mm -hmm. and uh, so our ability to be wise stewards of god's creation is restored as we reign with him you know as well so there's a lot of uh you know uh, beautiful pictures you know uh, in uh, one of Peter's sermons in the book of Acts, he talks about, you know, heaven must contain him until he returns to renew all things. And, of course, this is the mm-hmm. picture of all things n- new. Uh, when you read the first part, you know, read Revelation 21 and 22. Also, uh, what an encouragement would have been to those suffering persecution. What an encouragement you know, it is for us today in the middle of the wildness that we experience. Mm-hmm. And he alludes to that numerous times that, you know, this must take place soon. I am coming soon. I'm coming soon. You know, like this is the hope that we have, even though it might not seem as soon as we necessarily want it. But he reminds us that he will be coming soon to do exactly what he says he's going to do. You know, in the age of hope. internet and microwaves, and we get everything immediately. You know, as soon as, as soon as we want it, uh, Amazon shopping, just press a button, and you know, there it is. Uh, God's timing can often be frustrating for us, but we know that his his timing is good and it is perfect. And uh, the old hymn, you know, it says, when we've been there 10,000 years, you know, bright shining as the sun, we know less days to sing God's praise than when we had just begun. And, and, and it's more than just singing God's praise. It's enjoying God's presence and, and, and certainly praising him for the glory of his presence. But um, our, our life, as James said, you know, it's just a mess that is here today, gone and tomorrow, in you know comparison with mm-hmm. the eternity, you know that's set in front of us. Mm-hmm. Well, it's been a fun year, and uh, you know God's word and fun doesn't even begin to describe it. It's been a rich year in which His word has both you know comforted us and has also made us uncomfortable. It's led us, you know, to look into the face of Christ and to see the chaos around us and not fix our eyes on the chaos that is around us, but to fix our eyes on the hope that we have in him and one day he will wipe away every every tear and one day we will be with him and enjoy his presence forever and the thing that makes heaven heaven is not you know like so many of us do you know i hope there are good golf courses up there or, you know what how ridiculous how ridiculous <laughs> which restaurants no one is really gonna want to pick up a golf club after they've realized you know the beauty you know the presence you know of, of, of god they're just be enough to adore him you know, for all eternity and uh, that's what we look forward to father thank you for uh, another year in your word we look forward to the year to come may you continue to shape us by your word to be your people 
May we read not just to simply know a story uh, to learn a few facts. May we read to see your face and be prepared for your presence for all of eternity. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.